0: Welcome to the Square Peg podcast with Jordan, Tyler, and Dave, where we talk about things nobody cares about, but we have opinions on anyway. I think the first order of business is going to be like a little bit of naming because I have no idea what to call this podcast. Hmm. Beer side chats.
1: Oh, I kind of like that. I don't have a beer though.
2: I also don't have a beer. I'm eating ramen.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm sorry for the slurping.
0: Oh my gosh. Ramen. Can am going use good ramen right now. I'm having a coffee, oddly Ra- enough. Ramen side chats.
2: <laughs> Beside the ramen bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this ramen's not good ramen. Trader Joe's. No. Not the best cup of noodle ramen.
1: Um was well, a we can't on. name it after crappy ramen.
0: That's <laughs> true. That's true. I can't think of anything worse than naming a thing after crappy ramen. Yeah. Unless you're doing top ramen because top ramen got me through college.
1: Hmm. Well, maybe, maybe it'll be one of those things that like somebody will say something and then somebody
2: else will be like,
0: that's it. That's the name. <laughs> that's the name of your sex tape. Yep but you can get your porn name somehow when it it's is like a
2: middle name plus the street you grew up on or something. Yeah. So I would eat Campbell roads.
0: <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad porn name.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's why my career is so successful.
0: Mine would be Mansfield drive.
2: Your middle. Wait, what your middle name is Mansfield and you grew up on drive drive.
0: Well, no, we've been in drive, but it doesn't make sense to go Man- Mansfield Bennett. Like that. that's
1: that's how you're supposed to do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, Mansfield Bennett definitely sounds like a porn star.
1: Yeah, mine would be Austin Jennifer, so I don't think that works. Unless <laughs> it's some
0: sort of transgender <laughs> type of film. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get go ahead and get started. What games are you guys playing right now? I'm playing all of
2: Jack shit. <laughs> That sucks. Terrible answer.
1: I know. It was a, <laughs> I, I was thinking about it. I was like I really haven't played anything in the past couple of weeks. That's not true. We have a tournament going on. We're playing Duck Game at work.
0: Duck uh, Game.
1: Yeah. What a fantastic little indie game. I love Duck Game. It's um it's fun because like it, even if you're good at it, you still lose. <laughs> <laughs> so kind so. of like Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um I Probably also can't win
2: a, three million dollars playing Duck Game, though. No, <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no. I um, also played a little bit of Gone Viral. Um, duck uh, Game, yeah. a, a key for that. It was. Uh, I was. I was impressed. It was fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not bad. Sweet.
1: <clears throat> and then that got me. Uh, that got me playing Enter the Gungeon a little more.
2: I've been but, playing a ton of roguelikes lately. Like. Oh yeah. Gungeon, Hades, still amazing. About uh, Void Bastards, which is like a weird System Shock FTL yeah. like, uh, it was all right, but the the tone was great, like having dry British humor. Aliens call you like a fucking twat because you're yeah. a <laughs> and stealing their stuff. It's pretty rad. That's,
0: <laughs>
1: that's the amazing. the so I haven't played it. I only heard reviews, and the the reviews were all like, you know, that's that's fun, until you're doing it for like five hours or something, and then they called you a twat for the five thousandth time. <laughs> and you're yeah. like <laughs> I'm, I'm done the other the other thing i like watching videos of that like you you get onto ships and you see these fires and you can't see anything through their particle effects
2: yeah that was like my main complaint about Spellbreak was like hey the game's really pretty except everything has just a hundred yeah. percent opacity mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. i've been a lot of games like that or it just seems like some FX artist is just like, you know what? I'm going to earn my paycheck.
2: <laughs> I feel like that's probably not the FX artist. He's probably like crying himself to sleep in his pillow. <laughs>
0: right.
2: Terrible game designers being like, you know what would be mo- better? More. Always. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. We don't want to blame the FX artists. They're misunderstood.
2: They yeah, are. if we blame them too much, they stop giving us cool shit.
0: That's mm-hmm. true. hmm uh I have been playing, um, I just finished a playthrough of Valkyria Chronicles, first time I've ever played through that, which was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and um, also wrote some roguelikes so while I've been waiting for Classic to come out, so I've been playing a lot of Binding of Isaac.
1: Okay. In preparation for Classic? Just
0: because I don't want to start <laughs> up another narrative game. <laughs> okay, okay. Just getting deep into
2: the sadomasochism thing going on.
0: Yeah, you die a lot, you know. It's it, They're similar, right? Sure. <laughs> yep. You will. I'm excited.
2: <laughs> Why are you excited for Classic WoW?
0: Um, I'm excited to play a game where uh, the world feels uh, meaningful and alive. Like, And I've I played through a couple of the... Uh, on a couple of private servers in the last couple of years uh-huh. just test and be like, okay, like, is it nostalgia? And then I'll go up and I'll get to level 20. I'm like, you know what? I definitely, uh, still enjoy playing this game. Like I'll go up, and play through it again, get up to level 20. I know level 20 is not that big of a deal, but it wasn't just, classic. Yeah. <laughs> it was like
2: months. Well, maybe mm-hmm. a month,
0: but it was just, it was, it was just, it, it ends up being where a game, and I'm the only reason I didn't continue playing because I was like, I don't know if this is going to be turned off at any moment. And so I, I, it was a private server. Yeah, and no. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to be a, a part of something and like spend, you know, months getting to or weeks or months or whatever getting to max level, starting to raid again, and then Blizzard mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, you're too popular. Cease and desist." Right. Which happened. Yeah, multiple (laughs) (laughs) times. And then they got invited to Blizzard and talked to the devs. Yeah. Good for them. Didn't Nostal? I think nostalgia got that, the devs there. It was like, I think a a couple of years ago they got invited and then like the end was everyone was like, well, what did they say? Did they say they're bringing Classic back or Vanilla back? And the guys were like, no, they said they were not bringing Vanilla back. (laughs) <laughs> they did. I think they literally came up like, we are no longer doing the but they said they're not bringing it back. And okay. then a year and a half later, they're like, hey, we're bringing Classic back. So, um, <laughs> yeah, typical, uh, it's pretty much how everything works, right? Deflect and deny.
2: <laughs> well, you can't confirm something until it's PR marketing confirmed.
1: Yeah. That's also one of those things like, you know, they might be investigating. They're like, we're really not sure we can even do this yet. That's we're true. still figuring things out. Uh, we can't say that we're going to do it because we might run into like a giant roadblock later.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that's very true. Um, it was interesting. So, again, I don't know how many, how much y'all have been paying attention to the, uh, and yes, I say y'all now. I have moved. Uh-huh. Uh, Settling in. <laughs> uh pay attention to the classic stuff but they did an ama on the uh subreddit mm-hmm. and they talked about it, and someone asked well what are you going to do about the burning crusade and wrath of the lich king and all i could sit there and think was and the response was we don't know you know we haven't even looked at what it would take to do it yeah and i can understand i can understand that response They're like, y'all want a classic. Now you got me saying
1: y'all now. (laughs) You want a classic, we're giving you classic. We'll figure the rest out later. That's pretty much what the AMA was.
2: Yeah. Seems fair. You know, like, if classic makes enough money, which it totally will, to justify its dev costs, then they will see if it's worth continuing development there. Or if people even want it. Like, people may play classic and be like, oh, Right.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a, that's, they'll never publish it, but I want those numbers. I want those
2: player <laughs> retention numbers,
1: like those one-week <laughs> retention numbers.
2: I feel like everyone's planning to go back for a month. Well, everyone who's planning to play it at all is like, I'll play for one month, and yeah. then we'll see. You're
0: going to pay we'll for them, yeah. And that, that's, my, that's my attitude, but I have a, the different attitude of, I'll play for a month and then see what changes they make, and do I agree with the direction kind of thing. Okay. I, don't,
2: I don't even know, like, are they making changes? Do they yeah, have, right? like, designers that are going to be taking that game in a different direction? Or is it just, like, living, like, just curate the experience. Don't change it. Just curate it. Yeah. And,
0: and that's, that's the question is, are they going to uh, follow through with just the curation? Or is it going to turn into a, oh, hey, a lot of the people are asking for this change on the forums. We'll implement this change. and just, And I'm curious about that. Um
1: God, that's gonna be such a tightrope. Like what, uh, no. What do you what do you like do you only accept the changes that were made in the past? Or do you try to make new changes because now these people are like, you know, we we're we're having trouble with this specific thing. We want you to fix it, even though maybe that thing has always been like that. And it was just removed from the game later because it was a problem. Yeah. Right.
0: I have no idea. <laughs> no no clue. This will be fun. Yeah, and get your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And the other thing—the other thing about it is the, um, if Classic takes off, like just boom, takes off and like makes so much money, and they're kind of rolling it together with um, Wow, because you subscribe for, to a current Wow and you can get access to Classic on the side. Um, but if it just takes off, will they? Like, will they turn it into a progression server? So you go through and they go to classic, TBC, Wrath of the Lich King, or will it, like, and that's 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 the question of like, okay, so you now have a chance to go back and change the way you reacted to certain things. Are you going to re-implement a dungeon finder if you decide to go that route? Basically time travel. Right. Yeah,
1: that's going to be one of those things where, like, you—you, you, I mean, in order to do that, they're going to have to spend dev resources on it, like, you know, design resources and art resources and things like that. that you know, maybe you're better spent on the
0: main game, where—except no one's playing BFA. Well, well I mean, they, they are, I don't but... think I don't think no one's playing yeah. BFA.
1: <laughs> I mean, I working working on the next thing, right? Uh, so that they can redeem themselves from BFA instead of you know, trying to fix classic, which has already been fixed in many ways. Right. It, it seems to make more sense to me that they would just try to follow the progression of classic as much as they can without needing to balance it or, you know, do things differently than they did the first time.
2: Mm-hmm. Some people don't even want that, right? Some people in classic literally just want snapshot of classic, never change.
1: Yeah, never change like, it. Yeah.
2: And now it's like, okay, is there now three games that they're, like, developing? <laughs> like, is there a classic snapshot and then a progression server? And then what happens when we progress to Wrath of the Lich King and people are like, no, I liked Burning Crusades. So let's snapshot Burning Crusade. Yep. So now we just have a snapshot of, like, every point in time for a while. That sounds like a, a nightmare to try and, like, manage.
1: Well, it could be. I mean, that's. I mean, EverQuest starts over, like they start a new progression server every once in a while. Maybe that's. You know, they could work towards that. Like, figure out all the kinks of of making a progression server, and then start another progression server later.
2: if they gamified that kind of like WoW did it, where it was, or not WoW. Yeah, EQ did it, where when you complete the content for an expansion, right, and you start happened. the timer to unlocking the next expansion. That. That would be something I would be interested in playing, at least like some part of that cycle, right? That sounds like an awesome gamified progression experience.
0: Yep. Yeah, that does sound interesting. I know they're not planning on doing that um, at the beginning because they have different phases that they're rolling out every couple months of uh, vanilla um, content. Hmm. So I think that um, AQ doesn't roll out to like four, it's phase four, so it's not, it's not going to be around for a couple months, I think.
2: Interesting. That's weird that they have, like...
0: But they have it time-gated, not content-gated.
2: Right. And I think it's time-gated because otherwise that progression doesn't make any sense. Like, in vanilla, if Naxx and AQ are open at the beginning, probably just go suffer through an awful experience in those to, like, skip two tiers of progression (laughs) instead of, like, grind your way all the way through and spend time, like... If you give players the option to bypass a, like critical path of progression, they will always choose the bypass option.
0: Even if it's not fun.
2: Well, yeah, They're not playing for fun.
0: No. They're <laughs> playing for rewards. <laughs> that dopamine drip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty much what, what uh, Classic is, or WoW is.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's definitely some of what WoW has devolved into, is yep. a set of mini-games with very specific reward structures.
0: Kind of jumps into our next topic Modern game development has turned into a shorter designing around shorter gameplay sessions versus longer gameplay sessions. Sure, yeah. And I'm I, I guess I guess does Fortnite drop into that?
2: I mean, I think Fortnite definitely drops. Like Fortnite is an iconic example of the value and and desire for short session gameplay. Like with a younger player base that I mean, could be derisively described as ADHD, but just has certain kinds of interests with a short attention span, realistically. Uh, they like it because even though they want to play for 15 hours straight, they want to do it in five to 10 minute increments. Uh, and then for me, uh, old people with kids and responsibilities, it's much easier to block out five to 10 minutes of time than 45 minutes to five hours. Like, I wish I could raid in an MMO. That's not a thing I really have time for.
1: Right. So, I mean, thinking about what's popular right now, like I, I don't even necessarily think it's it's short session that people are after. I mean, like Dota Underlords, Teamfight Tactics, like League of Legends, like those aren't what I would call short session games. Those are all you know, twenty to thirty minutes or more uh, per match that you're playing. Um, I I honestly think it's probably more like people want less like bullcrap between fun moments. Right. Like if you're playing, uh, if you're playing Fortnite or PUBG or Apex or whatever, like you, you're, you're playing for a little bit. You're hopefully getting into a fight. You're hopefully losing. You can immediately move on to the next match. Whereas if you're winning, it actually takes a while to win. But the whole time you're, you know, I'm still in this. I'm winning. I'm looking for a better thing to shoot the next guy with.
2: Right. It's like in, in the instance where you do have a longer game that goes 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever, it is the highlight game it's the most exciting as it approaches the end right theoretically uh and i think that that absolutely does drive those those kinds of games especially with the early elimination like that's a core component to be able to play like i'd much rather play 10 games of apex and maybe win one than play two games of tft and maybe win one
1: right but it uh, thinking about like you know the the typical uh like round of of league of legends where I feel like you don't know if you're losing, you don't know you're losing until later. And you're still having fun, you know, running into lanes, killing creeps, whatever. Um, the The moment-to-moment gameplay of League of Legends is still fun. Like, it's almost like little short-session team fights or whatever. Uh, sure. Between that and, and it's... As soon as you realize you're losing, it kind of starts to get unfun, but that doesn't happen until later.
2: Right, which, I mean, that goes back to one of the... I mean... I call it one of the cardinal sins of the internet is leaving a fucking game of Dota before it's <laughs> before it has concluded. Like that's how you get. I mean, like good old-fashioned Dota ban lists, and just like that's it's a thing you don't do if you care about gaming. Um, and there's lots of like I've been in that experience where you you realize you're gonna lose after the first five minutes. You're like, oh, the person yeah. in my bot lane has literally never played this game before. I'm sure I'm thankful for the matchmaker today. Um, it was especially bad in Dota like the mod on Warcraft 3 because there was no matchmaking. It's
0: just mm-hmm.
2: join the game. Uh, so yeah, that's that's definitely one of the like, uh, human loss aversion really doesn't like losing and really doesn't like to spend time on something you know is already lost.
1: Yeah. That's, that's true. true. And I think ultimately that's the, the, the benefit of the battle royale format where there's no period where you know you're losing. You just lose and start over.
2: Yeah, like, I got shot in the head. Game over. <laughs> right it's almost like if you could play the lottery and every time you lose they just give you another ticket yep which kind of does happen on many like (laughs) scratchers (laughs) tickets but it just keeps you in that loop of like maybe i'll win maybe i'll win maybe i'll win and if it just always gave you another ticket forever but you could only you know cash a ticket like get a free ticket every 10 minutes you're sort of just playing that loop until hey i'm a bazillionaire and i think there is still a
1: a limit like you
2: said like you know older people like us where
1: we don't have an hour to spend all the time on a game uh that's where shorter session games come in come into play but i think you know you know a 20 to 30 minute game is fine i can jump on and play a 20 to 30 minute game i'm not going to want to do that if like you know 15 or 20 minutes of that experience is just boring doing nothing like i'm going to want a game that's
0: exciting for a short amount of time uh as long as you know you are winning during that, because you know when the, yeah. the baby <laughs> starts crying, you're like, oh, "But I only have two people left in this in this battle royale, PUBG." Game. Right.
2: Right. Or, or if I can make meaningful progress, like that's I mean that's the loop that I was in for a really long time, and still am. So somewhat is like, "Oh, if I can, you know, if I can grind a thousand experience and that permanently progresses my character, then yeah. I'll grind a thousand experience and then I'll go do something else, and then I'll come back and do that until I'm." Uh, you know, to the destination that I want to get to. And that's what sort of makes things like MMOs or longer scale progression worthwhile. Um, I mean, it ties back to the roguelike stuff earlier, like Hades is so great because I feel like I can make meaningful progression each and every run. Mm-hmm. And I can also still have that fun experience each and every run. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that scratches the itch for me, except it's a single player game. So I can't do that with friends.
0: Yep. and that's the hard part like i'm not gonna
1: i'm not gonna commit to sitting down to play four hours
2: right at a time like yeah i would, I would commit to playing four hours in a day broken up as as i desire but not necessarily four hours back to back with no other commitments. like i can't lock myself in a room and play a game for four hours that's irresponsible <laughs> right you're a father um <laughs> so yeah kind of go back to the question i, th- I feel like it's about Density of quality gameplay, and like the harder thing to design is when you get you need rest, like periods of rest and periods of of excitement, mm-hmm. sort of in alternating uh, cadence to get to get some sort of a flow state going. And the beauty of the shorter session games is it lets people opt into as much rest or as little rest as they actually want for their session. Like you get a normal flow spike, and then you out the player and they can go hey I'm that was too much for me I'm super pissed that I lost or I'm too excited to win like too hyped to go again I need a minute to drink a beer take a walk or whatever they can opt into that or they can just hit the play next game button go back again Mm -hmm. and that gives the player the control of that and that's way easier to make appropriate for a wide variety of people because you put the control in the player's hands whereas Mm -hmm. a longer session game you're like we Have to design in these periods of rest and you're never going to please all the people all the time so you get people this game is fatiguing this game is boring like it's tough to it's tough to optimize that while i while giving the players control over that sort of naturally fixes the problem or
0: just ducks it entirely yeah i'm trying to think of an example of a game that did that did long-term compelling gameplay uh and in, the, in the re- like i i can't I'm, I'm just trying to think of one term well, meaning like like' a th- well, so like a yeah two hour session whereas like you're expected to sit down and play for two hours i mean that's an m m o well it's it's rating um in an m m o but like Tyler was saying that there are other aspects of an mMO that don't require that,
2: sure, there's social commitments, i mean maybe outside of games like a movie is that theoretically although it's it's passive yeah. as opposed to interactive like but i think that's that's a thing like i don't watch a lot of movies because it's hard like i don't want to block out 2 hours of time for that yeah. i can do that and i choose to when i think when there's something that actually piques my interest but it's not something that i'm like i don't come home every day and just put a movie on and sit down and watch it like it's not a it's not a habit forming thing it's an opportunistic thing yeah. hmm
0: Like, I guess MMOs would be the only one I can think of that would say, hey, we're expecting you with a raid, as an example, we're expecting you to block off, you know, four hours um, to get this done. Get up to this spot right here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is an advancement that was made, like, in the 80s where they stopped, single-player games stopped asking you to, like, play through without dying or pausing or anything. (laughs) Graduated from arcade cabinets to, like home computers and stuff. Uh, And then the rest of it is just social engagements. Like if you want to play a multiplayer game, generally people don't want to pause a multiplayer game, especially a competitive multiplayer game to be like, like, hold on. I'm, I was just about to dunk on you, but instead you hit the pause button. So I just have to sit here and wait until you're done peeing or whatever.
0: (laughs) I was, when we had a, when we weren't playing on over an internet at all, we're playing on like one computer console or something like that. Uh, my brother would do that to me sometimes. Pause. Like you're playing NBA Live like 99 or something and it's like your brother's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> we are all jerks. <laughs> I might have done it to him too. So, you know. But that's
2: the thing. When you're in, a, in the same room with somebody, you can just slap them or throw the yeah. controller at them or, you know, I think I've I had somebody... Turn off a console on like oh hit the reset button accidentally my bad like that game's over it's like oh, yes, okay seriously.
1: yep that that happened a lot Did, <laughs> are you still, still friends with these me? people rage quit things like playing <laughs> Street Fighter or something and like oh my god I hate losing turn it off
2: I had a friend in high school who snapped a Super Nintendo controller in half I don't remember what game it was but that was a
0: Series. Intimidating
2: moment. I was like, I don't even think I could do that if I tried. <laughs> no, oh, I thought Nokia
0: designed those. <laughs> yeah, right. And I wanted to hear just y'all's take on the Epic Game Store. Good thing, bad thing, and how they are going about getting um, market share. Inevitable thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> inevitable meaning it was inevitable to happen, and Epic's just the first one. Oh, did- yeah, somebody was going to have to do it.
2: Yeah, I mean one, the
1: only steam way to
0: needs get, competition.
1: You right. Need to spend money and you know. Uh you can't you're not gonna compete with them on features because they're fifteen years ahead of you. Um, you're not gonna compete with them on game library because they're fifteen years ahead of you. The only way you're gonna pull people away is I mean consoles have been doing it for forever. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's that's their strategy. That's how they get people to buy Xboxes or Playstations by having exclusives. So uh the only way you're gonna compete with Steam is by preventing games from releasing on Steam.
2: Right. You have to have someone, something to pull. And like worked on me. They yep. dropped a giant briefcase of money on Supergiant for Hades to go into early access on that store and I was like, sign me up. This mm-hmm. is like Supergiant makes good games and then there's Pyre. But like uh, it, it yeah, absolutely I want to play a roguelike from Supergiant and that's the first purchase I made. I think that's probably the first purchase many, many people made on the Epic Store um, that are Fortnite.
0: Yeah, yeah. For, probably Fortnite for most people.
2: And Fortnite's mm-hmm. free, though, so purchasing it is... Give me that yes. game.
0: Yeah. Technically, I own Fortnite, then, on, because you have to have the Epic Game Store for Unreal, Tur- Unreal Engine now, right? Like, I had to do something with Un- Epic Games. I game think store. it's the same launcher now. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah if you're using the distributed binary or whatever it is. I think, uh, it, honestly, I I don't like their store. Like, I don't like their client. I don't think it's very good. I think it's clunky. I think it's slow.
2: Um, I had trouble finding
1: things. Yeah. There's not a whole Doesn't lot of things to find, though.
2: Doesn't all of that describe Steam as well, though, except oh, yeah. for the not a lot of things to find, where Steam is the too many things to find problem?
1: Well, I mean, I I Steam's store, you know they've kind of refined it. it. It at least, you know, performs well on my computer, at least. I
2: still feel <laughs> like Steam, like Steam is like using a browser from the 90s. Like oh, they like are. gone on a thing, and it, it it is a browser interface, and it's yeah. just like, yeah. hold on while we get that thing for you because we couldn't cache it into yeah. memory because we but didn't know you wanted to go there yet.
1: So is the Epic Game Store. It's using a, a embedded browser too. So Steam has just figured out kinks there. And sure. especially like security loopholes and things that you know, Epic has been hit with. Steam was hit hit by those you know in 2011, mm-hmm. eight years ago or ten years ago or whatever. Yeah, so, that's eight years ago. Yeah, <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> they've they've run into all the problems that Epic is going to run into, and have either solved them or
0: you know brushed them under the rug or whatever. Right. And they did it bef- before, like, social media was huge, huge. There's a lot of, like, misinformation being passed around, like the whole um, Tencent owns part of, uh, yeah. like, 10% of Epic. <laughs> and everyone's like, if I go into Epic Games, I'm giving up, like, 10 like, my data to the Chinese government. I'm just like, okay, a little too much conspiracy theory going on here. They probably have your data anyways. So don't worry <laughs> about it. Yeah, through Gmail. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Or there are other thirty-five inlets into American data structure. <laughs>
1: exactly. Uh, there, there are ways to protect your data, and you can, you know, educate yourself about those. But like, if you're, if you're worried about the Epic Game Store stealing your personal information, it's just as likely the three hundred other websites or whatever that you've registered for, or probably more likely that they're going to steal your information itself. Yeah.
0: Do you think that there's a way that the uh, and this kind of goes, I don't know if y'all looked at the Ooblets, um, mm-hmm. and versus Oddworld thing that happened. Um, Ooblets was almost a month ago now, wasn't it? Or three weeks ago?
2: Yeah, something like that.
0: Yep. And they just got raked over the coals. And then like a week later, Oddworld announced that they were going Epic exclusive. And everyone's like, okay, that's okay.
1: I don't know that they were... Ever, it, their announcements were very different. Right. Like, uh, reading, like, I read the Ublitz announcement when it came out, and they really went on the offensive, and there's, I think there's probably two separate issues, right? There's going to be terrible people out there just waiting to latch on to something, and their entire post was basically targeted at those people, like, saying you're bad people and you're angry for no reason of course those bad people who are angry for no reason are going to come back and you know threaten your life or something
2: (laughs) now we have a reason
1: that's that's who they (laughs) are right that's terrible i think don't attack them don't give them a reason to do something but also you know if they do if they do it unprovoked especially uh which always happens right if you're a game developer you're going to run into that you're going to you're going to have people who are saying you ruined this game or you you patched the game and now it doesn't work i hate you i want to kill your family Mm -hmm. uh that's also something you don't respond to you're not like oh well screw you buddy you know you you either ignore it which is probably the right thing to do or you know you say hey look this guy threatened me maybe an authority will get involved or something and say this Mm -hmm. is kind of what we're dealing with this is bad don't do this he's a jerk that's kind of the response you 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 want to give like you you don't want to attack anybody because usually the people that you're trying to attack are you know either trolls or you know have nothing better to do than to fight
2: right that's what they want that's that's their online persona or maybe their real world persona who knows but like <laughs> they want to fight and then you gave them an opportunity and a reason to do so it's mm-hmm. like they have infinitely more energy and time than you do, theoretically, because there's true. some unknown number of them, and there is only so much time. I, I have generally found that engaging in hostile conversations on the internet is a uh, <laughs> complete waste of time, unfulfilling to the extreme.
1: And there was, uh, I think, ar- around the time that came out, there was a thread on Reddit I was reading about how people were like, uh, you know, you you can't you can't blame the Ublitz people for for getting those kinds of responses and and I agree with that like you it's the way they announced it invited that stuff it's not their fault those people are dicks those people are dicks and that's wrong they shouldn't right. be you know
0: sending death threats to anybody period that's never okay you chum the waters you can expect sharks but that doesn't forgive the sharks for being sharks yeah uh i don't know.
2: sharks just want to be sharks man <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're going to be sharks. You can't sharks, change their sharks they're are terrifying, terrifying. I'll tell you what, did you ever get death threats? Uh, um, Tyler for your game dev stuff. Cause you've been relatively active on Twitter sometimes.
2: Uh, I don't think so. I think everyone that's ever interacted with me, my, my Twitter following is very, very small because they're all game related and uh, I don't tweet a whole lot about games that I work on uh so no i don't think i've ever received a death threat i've gotten lots of negative soul crushing feedback uh (laughs) about this game is garbage and its devs should go kill themselves but never anything targeted at me uh i don't i also am not the kind of person that reads the youtube comments because there's literally no reason to invite that pain
0: right
2: Uh, it's like this is this is the worst part of the internet let's go dive right in, right? I don't care how thick your crash test helmet is, like, you're, you're gonna take something to the face that doesn't feel good.
0: When did the rule change from don't feed the trolls? Like, as soon as I got on the internet, like, that was the rule, don't feed the trolls. trolls. And then, I don't know when, it seems like the last couple years, last four or five years, everyone's like, okay, now you need to feed the trolls. And like, everything just goes crazy.
2: Where did that come from? When did that change? Like, I missed a memo or something. I don't know that anyone's
0: ever well, told just, I, me that feeding trolls is good. No, it's just—it's not necessarily feeding. It's like almost like um, kind of like what the Ublitz guys did—that was feed like the responses and stuff like that, engaging with them at all. Yeah, which was the whole feed—don't feed the trolls thing. It's like, okay, this guy's just kind of trolling. Like, ignore him. Let's go back to the productive conversations.
2: Dreams, Maybe the and- trolls are just getting better at at camouflage.
1: I I also, you know, attribute it to they're not I mean, they're not seasoned developers by any means, right? It was It was a duo that was making the game and it was their first game. And I think that's just an experience on on their part. Like in a in a smaller setting, like maybe a forum or something where you've got, you know, maybe half a dozen or, or dozen people or something that you're interacting with regularly, like you that, that that kind of scenario, like engaging with somebody who just wants to be a troll and be a dick is not really catastrophic right because it's just one guy and he's going to post a response to you and you're going to be like I oh, don't well, whatever but in a public setting like this where you're like you know I want to be my my regular cheeky self and like make jokes about how gamers are getting angry about this or that when you're talking to a much larger audience especially when you're announcing we just got you know funded by EGS there are going to be a lot of people paying attention to that and a lot of them are going to be those
2: people that you're making
0: fun of mm-hmm.
2: how much was their funding number did they publish that
0: they just said that um, they guaranteed their development costs. Yeah.
2: That's a pretty rad deal. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I would love someone to guarantee our development costs.
0: Right. I think that's been pretty much every Epic exclusive so far.
1: It sounds like they, they do either, you know, they, they give you some upfront funds to finish development or they give you a guaranteed number of sales or something. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. We'll, we'll pay you for however much you thought you were going to make in your first year.
2: Yeah. That's pretty rad. I mean, that's that's an awesome thing for any developer to get that sort of support, that creative umbrella or that umbrella financial umbrella to have creative freedom to do your thing and not have to worry necessarily about, you know, all of the concerns. Honestly, can't blame them for, for taking that. I don't think that, that there's any reason to go post offensive or, you know, even inviting (laughs) for controversial uh, conversation, but there's also a, a horrible cynical side of me that is like, well, maybe that just, you know how many more people know about that game now that didn't before because of the controversy. Yeah, <laughs> in a world where if you only have to sell a hundred thousand copies to make a giant pile of money, bad PR could be good PR.
1: I mean that 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 also just happened. Like the game Dark, that was released on Steam. The developer posted on Reddit saying, Here's "Epic offered did. me an exclusive, and I turned it down, and he turned that into a PR
0: move." Oh yeah, I mean, it was it was a great PR move and even more thing that, and it helped stoke the ire at Epic a little bit was that after he said, I would love to have the game on Epic game store, but I will not do it as an exclusive. Like I'll do it on both platforms and Epic turned him down, Yep. which just gave uh, consumers to like, well, see Epic's just being evil now. And like this whole, it just kind of blew up. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting.
1: And, uh, and I think today I read a, uh, a post criticizing them for doing that and pointing at their um, Steam concurrent player count numbers
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and said maybe you should have taken the money. I don't know. I, I, if, if, someone were, if someone were to come to me, like any game developer, were to come to me and say, these people are offering me money. They're not going to take my game. They're not going to take my IP. They just want to give me some money to release my
0: game on their platform I'm gonna call you an idiot if you don't take that. I agree, except for one thing, and that's when you have like a Kickstarter that guarantees that you gave them uh like promised them a Steam key. I don't know. You you deal with that flack. You deal with that fallout.
2: Yeah, I I feel like the the Steam key versus epic game store key is fairly like to me that's a fairly fine detail that could be glossed over like I wouldn't complain either way oh no I have to go to another game store if you are a anti-epic militant person maybe that's important to you if you're a a pro steam fanboy maybe that's important to you but I feel like if I back something on Kickstarter and I get a key for the game that I paid for I got what I paid for like the game exists I have access to it
1: and you you know you give people I mean epic is giving people refunds on Shenmue who
0: didn't want it on the Epic Store. Um, I, I didn't realize Shenmue was an Epic exclusive. It is? See, this is why we have this podcast, so I learn things. <laughs> yeah, so you can find out about game. I didn't
2: even know about right. Dark.
0: Like,
1: that's, that's just a... I, I think that's just what you do. Like, if you have guaranteed... Like, you're, you're, you should be worried about your future and your ability to make more games in the future. Mm-hmm. Right? And if somebody's coming and saying, hey, I'm going to make this game successful... You are yeah. dumb if you don't do that. <laughs> right.
2: So then guess what? You get to make another one. Yeah. Theoretically.
0: And your next one doesn't have to be an exclusive. That's okay. It's cool. And Epic has a better like distribution to devs too, right? Yep. The yeah. pricing, the, the, the cut they
2: take is considerably more generous than Steam.
0: Right. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons I was like, oh, that's a great way for Epic to gain some of the market share because as a dev... I'd much rather people buy it, buy it on Epic at that point than Steam. Absolutely.
2: Right, because I, th- I think Steam does have the advantage of it has more consumer-facing features. Mm-hmm. It has consumers' libraries already. Like As a consumer, there's not much of a reason to go to another game store unless there's something I can't buy on Steam.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the cool things I think Epic has actually been doing on that front is their free games every week, and they're doing it every week now.
0: Yeah, exactly. I tried to get it. Mine, it was like a really interesting one this last week, and it 503 aired every time I tried to get oh, it. Oh, no. I was like, oh. oh no.
2: It was two. It was the, the yeah. Eden game, which I think I'd already gotten free from, or not free, but from Humble Monthly on Steam, but now I have it in both places. And Hyperlight Drifter, which has been on my Steam wish list for yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. And yep, yep. because it's a good game, it never goes on sale more than like 30% or whatever. Like it has still relatively strong sales. I'm like, yep. free that's better than the $12 or nine ninety nine price point. I was like, I'll pay this much for it on
1: Steam. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. So they're helping people build up a library on the Epic Games Store now that, you know, I mean, most people, like, I, I don't know, I, I haven't seen numbers recently about, like, how many games the average person on Steam has. But uh, I have a feeling it's, you know, dozens.
0: <laughs> Probably.
1: <laughs> Pro- I would expect at least dozens. Yeah. So, you know, Epic releasing a new game every week for a year or more is giving people dozens of games on the Epic Game Store, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. It's that first purchase that's the hardest one. Yeah. As soon as get you get that first purchase, it'll start, like, snowballing into more and more.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's part of why Epic Game Store even exists, is, like, getting your client onto the to the user's computer is important. And Fortnite did that for, like, 3 billion people or whatever so like <laughs> you've already got your store installed on 3 billion computers let's try and push sales through that um which set them up for crazy success like they yeah. i would argue they would have been dumb if they hadn't tried to parlay Fortnite's install base into something bigger
0: oh absolutely um, and they obviously jumped on that going back to the uh death threats a little bit i don't know did you guys pay attention to the apex legends <laughs> <laughs> <That's stuff>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: This is like the quintessential, to me, opposite of the Ublitz thing of like, Ublitz is a very small, very inexperienced indie team. And Respawn is theoretically the opposite of that, right? Like, (laughs) they should know better. They they literally have people employed to tell them to know better. And uh, they've been around for a long time.
0: It was the community manager that made one of the biggest faux pas of calling people freeloaders.
1: He he was trying to be funny cuz I think was. his comment was like, you know, something about most people are freeloaders and we like that. Right. Everybody cuts that part off. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, or and we're cool with that. Like yeah. that's like they know their games free to play. That's not like a ooh for, forgot to tell the the dev staff that we're making a free to play game. What what they didn't like get across was the tone it's it's the yeah. same
1: it doesn't but, that doesn't come through in a forum post right
2: sure and you can still miss that you know you have phones don't you like it's the same kind of tone deaf like <laughs> this is the wrong environment for that kind
0: of commentary right and like we like one of the things when i was doing the community management for rend was there was a kind of a culture of shit posting back and forth shit talking back and forth and if we had made a um like a change that people didn't like and I had continued with the shit talking right after that change where it had been okay previously suddenly it turns into this you know this is a bad idea.
2: That that also I think I think scale has a dramatic effect on that, right? Like Ren's community was very, very small at that point. Oh yeah. Apex's community is very, very, very large. And reddit is reddit like you're gonna have lots of people on there that don't even play the game that don't even care about the game but are just looking at a a, a (laughs) reddit thread like that's just a thing and even waiting
1: to respond yeah they have no business being there but they're gonna
2: (laughs) general social consciousness of like reading the room and knowing when you should and shouldn't do things and i think respawn tries to take like it feels like they're trying to brand as like a hard-ass real-world studio that's like we'll tell it to you straight, but at the same time, you don't have to like go out of your way to do that, like to put your foot in your own mouth doing that. <laughs> like just don't respond to comments like that, or know. you know, don't use the word "freeloaders." Which that like that comment I kind of forgive. Like honestly, oh yeah, I can see from a dev perspective, free-to-play players like. Yes, I have played your game for six thousand hours, spent zero dollars, and give you a negative review because you changed one thing four years into the game. Like, <laughs> Steam is rife with that bullshit. Yep. But devs, you you know that. Like, you made a free to play game. You're giving out you you're giving out free samples of your game. You should be expected to give a lot of them. Like, the same the free samples people at Costco. They're not going to get mad at you for taking free samples. That's what yeah. they're there for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> those people provide value anyway by giving the people who want to pay somebody to play against.
0: Yep. Right. Yep. Every time I play one of those uh, free-to-play mobile games, I'm like, you know what? I'm literally just the farm for some some uh, whale out there. Yep.
2: yep. Absolutely. And hopefully that experience can be fun until the whale comes along and eats you.
0: <laughs> I do make it make it a a point to sit there and be like, okay, how much of a pain in the ass can I be as a free-to-play player? Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, <laughs> so that was, like the Apex can I community. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe just their Reddit, Reddit I community. Yeah.
1: I mean, to be totally fair, like I haven't liked any of the decisions they've made on Apex. I haven't liked anything that they've done. I haven't liked their battle passes. I haven't liked their DLC. <sighs> yeah,
2: I really wanted to like that game a lot more. I feel like they they had such a huge opportunity and just dropped the ball like they made a phenomenal gen 2 br basically like or final ver- final gen 1 polished triple a br and then just like fortnite successful because it has weekly content updates like yep. your add player base wants something new to play with every week yep. and mm-hmm. apex was like here's a bunch of crappy skins and yep. we'll see you in six weeks
0: <laughs> oh man I heard that they, like, for, I don't know who told me this, maybe one of you two uh, said that when Epic, like, Fortnite Battle Royale became so popular, they took everybody, all the devs in Epic, just said, work on Fortnite stuff. We have to keep the momentum going.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's why Paragon was shut down. Paragon was, like, not wildly profitable, but was financially okay. Like, it was doing just fine. and But they have, like, a literal tsunami of cash... Yeah like, approaching their building, like, why would you not send as many people out there to try and catch it as possible? Yeah, That's just, like, that's a sane business decision, and we work in a creative industry where people, like, are going to be upset about, you know, oh, I really wanted to work on this project, or I was really, I cared a lot about what I was doing, but, like, at the end of the day, it's still a job, and if your boss says, go rake in piles of money because you don't need to be doing art right now, like, yeah, you you do that
0: figure we'll end with the what games you're looking forward to and you already don't mind since we spent the first 10 minutes talking about classic but classic wow <laughs> which I will be playing pretty much nonstop as soon as I get back from Austin so Gamescom is this week oh yeah and uh oh, shit there were two
1: two games that really stood out um Greedfall was one of them which is like a fantasy buccaneer game ooh yeah. uh, but it's like an RPG uh, kind of in the vein of uh, like the witcher or something
0: you can hear us all googling it in the background. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I thought their trailers looked fantastic. The the developer, I think it's like Spiders or something. Um, they're kind of known for janky games, so everybody's, you know, everybody on on the interwebs is uh, a little skeptical of their ability to pull it off. But it looks really good. Their trailers look really good. So I'm gonna check it out. Their marketing so far, and then the other big one that I was super excited about was Homeworld. Oh yes yeah, yeah so this a remake homeworld, yeah well i don't know if it's a remake i don't know what it is homeworld's a really old game obviously there was a yeah. Yeah. homeworld and its sequel uh, a long time ago the 3d rts space game um and the company who's making this new homeworld made homeworld deserts of karak which was a more traditional rts like ground-based not in space but the same kind of thing as homeworld where you have a fleet of ships um, that you're managing and you're like trekking across the planet and you're managing your fleet and attacking things or trading or whatever along the way So I'm, I'm super excited for that to return to a actual 3d space RTS, which it seems like it is. They didn't give a lot of information on it
2: though Interesting. That looks cool. Yeah, I will definitely keep an eye on both of those uh, For me Borderlands 3 is definitely a thing on the horizon mm-hmm. that I'm excited for other than that, like, honestly, Hades updates are big, big things that keep me going, like, I, I am so impressed with Supergiant as a developer, the fact that they drop oh, a gosh, patch yeah. update and then tell you, like, hey, patch runs today, it will be 55 days until the next patch, like, and they nail them, and they've been very well scoped, very well executed, like, their patches are sizable and meaningful and are reason to come back to the game, so... It's a kind of thing where I actually like. We'll set a, ca- a calendar reminder to be like, "Hey, go play Hades today because it's all new." And usually, that takes me a few days before I stop playing Hades.
0: Wow. Um, other I stuff. Ca- had- just real quick, I just can't. I can't say enough about how awesome Supergiant – Like when they came on with Bastion, like just kind of exploded. Whenever that was, um, and just they they have like I would say Pyre wasn't a my favorite of their games. But I enjoy playing it, and it's one of the developers where I've I've been impressed with their consistency on uh, their quality.
2: Sure. I mean, I still would argue Bastion's one of the best games made in the last 10 years. If oh, yeah. It might even have been older than 10 years by now. Um, I actually think it probably just turned 10. But, uh... And I think Bastion was better than Transistor, but Transistor was still a phenomenal game, right? right. And Pyre was just like, if I knew I was getting into a narrative dating sim ba- uh, basketball sports fantasy RPG sports game I might have been more prepared for it but that is <laughs> I, a
0: date, dating sim I missed that one
2: there's just it's, there's not I, dating but there's I a lot of character
0: interaction oh, back in that game now
2: <laughs> exactly their character design is phenomenal like that I think to me that's the best thing that came out of Pyre was a crazy character design and yeah. I know they're going for an emotional like uh, narrative experience and that's great, but that is also generally not why I play games, uh, so <laughs> it makes sense that I bounced off that a little bit, but Hades has been fucking phenomenal, like narrative, aesthetics, like everything is just on, their combat design is great, I want to play now, like basically.
0: Alright, well I'm going I'm to pick that one up I think actually. Bastion I- is eight years old, by the way. Eight years old? That's mm. crazy. Sounds about right. That mm. was the
2: uh, I remember playing it right before I started Blizzard, so that sounds about right. Um, Yeah, (laughs) what a phenomenal game.